Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, March 27, 2022. We have a great number of listeners, downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. We are blessed to have our sponsor for our podcast, Podmetrics. Thank you so much, Podmetrics, for the support, and I urge everyone to support them as well. And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Good morning to all of you on this last Friday of March, March 25, the hour we call to mind when the angel Gabriel announced to Mary and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Feast of the Annunciation of the Lord is today, March 25. We believe that life begins at conception. So, Jesus, we may say, was born today. She was conceived Today, the Word was made flesh today, March 25. And Mary starts or started to be the mother of God on this day. Anyway, it's nine months before December 25, the day we call Christmas, the birth of Christ. But I repeat, since we firmly believe that life begins at conception, Jesus was conceived in the Immaculate Womb of Mary on March 25. So we should really be happy on this day because we are also looking forward to the fourth Sunday of Lent, which is also called the Rejoice Sunday, Litari Sunday. So we should be happy from this day on till next week. We are about to read the Gospel of the day next Sunday according to St. Luke chapter 15 which is which has been shortened as it were because it begins with one and to two verses then we jump jump to verses 11 to 32. 
according to St. Luke, which only St. Luke has recorded. But as we have been saying, we also include in our reading and reflection the two other Gospels, the Gospel for Cycle A, according to John chapter 9, and uh, Gospel according to John still for Cycle B, John 3. Anyway, so we now open our Bibles and try to listen to Chinin as she reads for us the Gospel for next Sunday, the fourth joyful mystery in the Holy Rosary. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine, and he longed to eat his fill in the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat, but here am I dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with the feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. 
yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now, we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Thank you, thank you very much, Janine. This parable of our Lord, which only Saint Luke has recorded, through the years has been called the parable of the prodigal son. But actually, this is a story made up by Jesus about the father. So it's rightly now called the parable of the father who was good to his two sons. It is here that we would like to pause and reflect on how in the parable how the father how the father made the prodigal son decide to get up and go back to him. Only this point of how the father has inspired the prodigal son to decide to get up and go back to him. You know this story. I don't want to repeat it. But focus your attention on this. When that prodigal son went to a distant country and spent his money, which he got rightfully from his father, when he had spent all and had to apply for a, a job in that foreign country and finally he came back to his senses. When he was back to his senses, what do you think made him decide to go back to his father? I get this from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Fulton Sheen says that the prodigal son away from home in that distant country, when he took out his wallet he found nothing in it except an old, old photo of his father. And looking at the photo, he remembered how good my father is, was, is, because he has 
hired workers at home who eat more than enough every day. So here we have the goodness of the father inspired the son to decide to get up and go back to him. That is the point that I'd like to drive home. How a good father can inspire a son with his memory because here the prodigal son was left with nothing but only with a memory of a good father who feeds all, even hired workers. Now, we leave it at that. We go to St. John chapter 9, the cycle A gospel. In that gospel of St. John, we remember Again, Saint, only St. John has written about this. We remember that Jesus had encounter, a close encounter, one-on-one, -on -one, face to face with Nicodemus. Chapter two, three. Chapter 3 of John. At night, Jesus met with Nicodemus, meaning after office hours. Not because he was afraid he would be seen, because he was a Jew, a member of the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus wanted to see Jesus and talk with him at night and Jesus in his long long dialogue with Nicodemus said among other things that the son of man must be lifted up just as Moses lifted up a, a serpent made of brass in the desert now this phrase, when Jesus was asked by Philip that Greeks converted to Judaism wanted to see Jesus, Jesus said to them, precisely what he had said to Nicodemus. This is in chapter 12 of John. When I am lifted up on the cross from this earth, I shall draw all, draw everyone to myself. So here we have Jesus himself saying, that he will not drag, will not drive, will not force, will not push anyone 
but I shall draw all to myself. So the question is, how does Jesus then and now, how does he drag us to himself? We have two examples of this right in the Bible. When Jesus was lifted up on the cross on Calvary on that Good Friday, he said his first word, the crucified, said in his, while hanging on the cross, he said loud and clear, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The thief to his right hand, Demas we call him, heard this very clearly. And he said to himself, Wow, Jesus has forgiven those who do not know what they are doing. I know what I have done. That's what he said to his fellow thief on the left. We deserve to be punished for what we have done. And so he was drawn to Jesus, to his left, and asked him to be remembered. He was only asking for a souvenir, a remembrance. Remember Jesus when you shall be in your kingdom. And Jesus did more than that. He did not just give him a souvenir, but he said today, you shall be with me in paradise. That's how Jesus drew the good thief to himself. On that very day, at the end of the day, a Roman centurion, no name, no address, a pagan therefore, he saw the beginning and the end of the crucifixion. He heard the city palabras of Jesus. And he said, he, he declared, he confessed, this man must really be the Son of God. So Jesus lifted up on the cross, drew the good thief and the centurion to himself. That's the second point. And the third point is this. Remember when uh, Jesus was going around and a man born blind asked to be healed and Jesus gladly healed him restored him his sight this is in John once the man born blind was 
giving back his sight. His life was never the same again. He was never the same again because he was questioned, interrogated left and right. His life was really most uncomfortable because he has been able to see. But Jesus, when he knew that the man born blind whom he has cured was thrown out of the synagogue, Jesus, who was monitoring his every step, actually this is what Jesus did, while the man born blind was being interrogated by the Pharisees, he was inspiring him to give the right answers. So that when they threw him out, Jesus easily found him. And face to face with a man now able to see, he made him see him for who he was. Not just a miracle worker, not just a faith healer, but the Son of God. Do you believe in the Son of God? And the man said, yes, sir. If only I can see him. You, have, you are seeing him now because I am he, the one talking to you. So you see how Jesus inspired this man to see him, to recognize him, but very, very, very slowly. Three points, therefore, how God, like the father of the prodigal son, how God inspires us to make good decisions. But those decisions must be made because God has been too good to give us the strength to profess our faith in him. The first lesson we should learn is this. As we go on living, thank God, we should try so to live us to leave behind a good to remember us by. This is what the father of the prodigal son has done. He has done something good and the son remembered it. It is true that for some of us we may be just a memory to them when we die. But it better be a good memory because remember what Shakespeare has said, the evil that men do lives after them, but the good is oft interred with their bones. Nindut kainis binisaya, muingunta, 
ang dautan nga imong nabuhat. Kasagaran, sausauan, paghisgot, apan ang maayo nga imong nahimo. Ilang ilubong sa kalimot. Ah. Anyway, that is the first lesson we should learn. We should try to go on living so that when we die, we leave behind something that people can remember us by. I repeat, the memory left behind must be good. The second lesson we learn from how Jesus drew the good thief to himself as well as the centurion. We as baptized disciples of Jesus are also commanded as salt of the earth and light of the world to draw others, not to ourselves, but to God, to Jesus, to the church. How? By what we say and by what we do. We can draw at home and at work. We can draw others too always with the help of God's grace. And lastly, like the man born blind who was made able to see Jesus, it was not easy, the same as ours. Our Christian life, if we have been baptized as Christians, the way we live, the Christian way we live, won't be easy. It will not be comfortable. Because on the one hand, yes, Jesus has said, people will insult you. People will persecute you. People will say all kinds of evil against you because you are my disciples. That's precisely his forewarning us. But he has also forearmed us when he said, Come to me, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. See, here we have, we have Three beautiful lessons that can make us happy, joyful. Always confident on his divine providence. Always convinced of his power. And always conscious of his presence. So this is the point I'd like to highlight very much other than 
the usual and the traditional, or other than the usual and the traditional. So here I pause to some of your questions and reflections, which I know you have prepared. And now, words from our sponsor. If you're a current podcaster or plan to create your own podcast soon, I want to share with you the tool that I use to help me monetize my podcast. It's called Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a platform that allows you to have full control of how you monetize your podcast. You can collab with brands and choose between the many merchants that fit your podcast's audience. It also gives you tips and samples on how to execute your ads properly to maximize your earning potential. Plus, you can track how many of your listeners you were able to convert and know how much you've earned in real time. Cashing out is also a breeze. So if you're a podcaster, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the description box of this episode and use the referral code 500YOCCBU so you can monetize your podcast too. Thank you, Podmetrics. And now, back to our podcast. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. In the parable, was the father also good to the other son? Okay. That's why I said that the title through the years has been a mistaken title, the parable of the prodigal son, because this parable also includes the parable of, of the father who was also good to the other son. How? Precisely it has been read when they were celebrating the feast because the prodigal son was dead and is alive, was lost and is found, the elder brother came home but did not go straight home. He asked one of the servants, what are you doing there? Actually, it, it was his home, but, and the father was so good to leave the party with her prodigal son, with his prodigal son, and go out to meet the elder outside the house who did not want to come in. And he said to his son, my, son, my child, you have always been with me in this house and all I have is yours. You know how good the father was when the younger son asked for his inheritance? Very gladly, unlike many of us, very gladly the father divided his, in his possessions. One third to the son, the younger son, 
and two-thirds to the elder brother. Imagine, the elder brother did not even ask for it. But he gave all. Nothing was left to him, in, in, uh, but he had to stay home with the elder brother. That's why the father said, you have always been with me here. On all I have, two-thirds of it, I have given you. But your brother, whom the elder did not want to call my brother, your brother has come back alive and found. We really do not know what happened to the elder brother, whether he really entered and rejoined the feast. But that is <coughs> always the case in the Bible. All cases are open-ended. So I repeat, yes, the father was good not only to the prodigal son, but also to the elder brother. He was good to his son who strayed away from home as well as to the son who stayed at home. But both of them were unrelated to the father. So the father wanted to cut the distance between the son and the prodigal, or between the father and the prodigal son. He ran to meet him. Same with the elder brother. He went out to meet him. That's how good God is. I have a follow-up question, Monsignor. When lifted up on the cross, was Jesus also good to the other two? It's the same situation. Jesus was very good to the good thief. He was repentant. He acknowledged his sins, and he pleaded for just a remembrance. But Jesus, as I said, did more than that. He gave him paradise. What do you think he did to the other guy on his left? We call Istras. Since Jesus has said, I have come to call not just the righteous, but also sinners. He must have been good to this thief on his right. He must have let him live so that gave him more time to be drawn to him finally. So although the Bible does not say it, we can guess that Jesus was very good also to the bad thief on his left to become good thief at last. Next question. When the man born blind was able to see Jesus, did he follow him immediately? As I have just said, most of the cases are open-ended. We really do not know what happened to the three kings because they went home by another way. 
they were never the same again. But whether they became Christians, disciples of Christ, we really do not know. So the same with um, that man, no name, no address, was made able to see Jesus, whether he finally find him, of finally followed him. We can only guess that since he was blind for all his, these years of his life, and he now is just able to see Jesus, he must have told him, go home first, go home and learn more about me because you have not seen me before now, just now. So he must have again told him, keep this a secret, but when you are prepared, you can go and follow me. Thank you for the new poems and perspective months. I really like when you said that yes, God has forewarned us that being his disciple will be difficult. Difficult. But he also forewarned us with tools to combat evils. Love this reflection. That's true. We can rest assured that by the help of God's mercy, we can go on living inspired by His goodness. Charismatics usually say, God is good all the time. That's true. God is good all the time to both the righteous and the sinners. He makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust, the sun to shine on the good and the bad. That's why Jesus was always mixing, and that's what the Pharisees were complaining about. Why does this rabbi Jesus mix? Why does he mix himself with sinners? But he said, I have been sent precisely to draw the sinners to become righteous and the righteous to be converted and become better Christians. Reflection. Today, Pope Francis invites us to join in the reconsecration to Mary, both Ukraine and Russia. This worldwide collective prayers is like going back to the fathers, begging for his mercy and help, just like the prodigal son. That's true. That's a good reflection from Pope Francis. But another one is this. God could have saved us alone, all by himself. Why did he have to get a consent from Mary 
to be the mother of the Savior. Why? We say in answer. God was showing us how to be humble enough to need others to help us. Jesus could have saved us all by himself. Why did he need a Mary, a Joseph, twelve apostles? Why did he need them? It was an act of humility on his part. And we have to also follow that. Be humble also to be always feeling in need of help. Santo Nino is our great teacher on that matter. So next Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent, March 27, we should rejoice because God has been with us, inspiring us to be good, to be better, and to do the best. Mary, as we already know, in her whole lifetime, as recorded in the Gospels, ABC, has pronounced only six words. I have told you this before. Mary, therefore, was not talkative. But when he, she talked, it was always her words were always pregnant with meanings. Here at the Annunciation, he precisely pronounced her two words, first two words. The first word was a question. When the angel Gabriel said, you shall conceive in your womb a son, Knowing that, as she did, that she was not living yet, although she was betrothed to Joseph, but not living with him, Mary asked a question. How can this be done? It was a question for clarification, not for confusion. And when the angel said, Joseph has nothing to do with this. You shall conceive by the working of the Holy Spirit. Mary accepted the statement of the angel and said, Be it done to me according to your word. And you know the next word that Mary pronounced as recorded in the Bible is when immediately she visited Elizabeth and Zachariah and John, the Magnificat. Those are words which have been borrowed from Hannah in the Old Testament. 
Then, when Jesus was 12 years old, her fourth word, when she asked Jesus, Son, why have you done this to us? And the last two words of Mary were pronounced 30 years after, when at the wedding feast of Cana, she asked our Lord for help when she said, Son, they have no wine. And her last word was when she told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. And we know that because Mary had advised the servants, they filled the six water jars to the brim. That is, they did as well as they could what Jesus told them to do. So it's good to remember all these words of Mary starting from the Annunciation. So I repeat, March 25, Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary. Then she carried him pregnant for nine months and on December 25, she gave birth to her son, later on called Jesus. You know why we need to understand this point, being drawn, being inspired to be good and to do good. You know why? Because we know for a sad fact that there are many, I hope, not many, but some say, yes, Jesus is the good shepherd, but we are no sheep. We have minds of our own. That's why some refuse to be inspired, to be drawn, to be able to see Jesus because of pride. They say, you priests may be fishers of men, but we are not fish. We do not bite your bait all the time. We have minds of our own. That's what makes our life and ministry as priests quite difficult. So no more questions and reflections. We might as well pause here for our final blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, thank you very much. Thank you again. And hope to see you next week, God willing.
Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's Word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined, interacted, and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Gian signing off. Have a blessed Sunday to all and to God be the glory. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your host, Brother Gian, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time, 